This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Would you please turn to 1 Thessalonians? One Thessalonians. There we go. I think um, the Lord must want us to read the scriptures and break bread together because that's what I really felt we should do this morning. I knew Richard had read one John last week, but they didn't know you'd also broken bread together. So. There you go. The Lord wants us to read the scriptures and break bread together. And, and um, I've, um, I want to just share some things this morning from 1 Thessalonians. And we will read that epistle together in a moment. Or you could um, listen as I read it. That's, that's fine. But just in the context of, of the beginning of the summer months, how important it is that we don't lose any momentum. In fact, that we gain more momentum. And you know what the summer's like. We're all um, drifting around, potentially, the world, Europe, the country, Cosby, I don't know, where, wherever you're going to be this summer. And, um, and uh, we're lower on numbers. And I really believe the Stefan brought us a word um, many, many, many months ago, maybe a couple of years ago, about the, the, the tide mark, the high water mark. And uh, that image just comes into my mind now that every time we meet, every, every week, every month, every day, God wants that level to rise. He doesn't want us ebbing and flowing. He wants us to be on a constant increase of momentum and of his, of his presence with us. Um, this letter to the Thessalonians, uh, if, you, uh, if you were to look back in Acts 17, you'd see that Paul and Silas visit Thessalonica. And um, they spend um, just a little over three weeks there. It says that Paul reasoned and taught in the synagogues on three consecutive Sabbaths. So just three weeks. And at the end of that time, it says um, Jews and Greeks both uh, came over to him. And essentially, the, the beginnings of this church in Thessalonica were formed. And then because of the, um, because of the trouble they were supposedly causing, uh, it was one of those situations where they, they, they got driven out of town rather more quickly than they would have liked. And so Paul and Silas leave Thessalonica and they leave this, this church of however many it was, um, of Jews and Greeks, of a mixed church. And Paul is forced then to go on, first of all, to Athens and then to Corinth. And you can read all this in Acts 17 and 18. And clearly he's concerned that having only had a short time to put some roots down with these new believers. He's concerned that especially because of the 
the near riot that they reach as, 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 as they're forced out, that um, they might not be doing well. So when he gets to um, Athens, he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how they're doing. And Paul then moves on to Corinth. And so we're literally only probably months after this three or so week visit where the church was established. And in Corinth, Paul then uh, is there for, for several months. And from there, he writes some of his earliest letters, of which this is one of them. So it's maybe a few months after Paul has been there. He's concerned about this fledgling church. And as you see, as we listen to this and read this together, when Timothy comes back, he doesn't just come back to say the church is surviving. He comes back to say the church is thriving. Great momentum. The, 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 the roots have obviously gone down deep enough. And God is at work, and they've remembered what Paul taught them. And we'll read all this. It's a lovely letter, beautiful letter, as Paul shares his heart, his joy, that this, this young church are doing so well. And um, I just really felt this week it would be great for us to read this letter together. Paul writes to Timothy elsewhere, and he says, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, something we do every so often. I, think, I believe we're always blessed by it. The scripture can speak for itself. But as we go through, um, there'll be some things. Just have a, have, a, have a listen out for comments, statements, instructions that could help you maximize momentum over these summer months. And then I'll um, share some of my own thoughts. And then we're going to break bread together. So it's going to be a fantastic morning, praise God. Perhaps you'd like to turn to your neighbor and just encourage them. Some of you um, look like you might need a little bit of encouragement right now. God is good. All the time. And things are going to get better and better and better. Amen. So I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Choose, choose whether you follow it in yours or, or just prefer to listen. I never know how long this is going to take. There are five short chapters, but this is the word of the Lord. In fact, let's just lift our Bibles to the Lord right now. The sword of the Spirit with power to penetrate deeply, living and active, not just words on a page, but a living word that can take root in our hearts this morning and cause great growth in our lives, in our church. So Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for eternal truth. We pray that everything we read and hear this morning will come as it is, the word of the Lord to us. We say, he is Lord, he is Lord. You are Lord, you are Lord. And this is your word to us, Lord. This morning, especially. Amen. Amen. Okay, sit back. Well, don't, sit forward. Sit forward. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And we're writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his people. Um, It would be good, by the way, for us to just agree and and amen and and, and, and be, be very vocal in hearing the word this morning. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. And as we pray to our God and Father, we think of your faithful work and your loving deeds and your enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus. Dear, you, we know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe sufferings it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. And as a result, you've become an example to all the believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven. He is coming again. Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, he's the one who's rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. You yourselves know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we've been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. So you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motives or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. I think Paul's addressing some some rumors that have been going around. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise, we've never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, we certainly had a right to make some demands of you, but instead we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for her own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our lives too. Don't you remember, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we worked among you? Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preached God's good news to you. You yourselves are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. 
We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and we urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecutions from your own countrymen. And in this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea, who because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord Jesus. And now they've persecuted us too. They fail to please God and they work against all humanity as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. And by doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. But the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is a brother, and he is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ, and we sent him to strengthen and encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Even while we were with you, we warned you that troubles would soon come as they did, as you well know. This is why, when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. So we've been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you've remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again, to fill in the gaps in your faith. May God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, he starts chapter 3 and chapter 4 with the word finally. And there's still another chapter to go. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. 
as we've taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember that we taught you by the authority of the Lord Jesus. God's will for you is to be holy, to stay away from all sexual sin. And then each of us will control his own body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. Never harm or cheat a Christian brother in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins as we've solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands just as we instructed you before. And then people who are not Christians will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who've died so that you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who've died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who've died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, And first, the Christians who've died will rise from their graves. And then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Wow. And then we will all be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now, concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, We don't really need to write to you how we wish he had. For you know quite well, well, how some people wish he had. Uh, For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin and there will be no escape. But you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters. You won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and be clear-headed. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. But let us who live in the light Be clear-headed, protected by the armor of God and love, and wearing as our helmet the confidence of our salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Christ died for us, so that whether we are dead or alive when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other, and build each other up 
just as you are already doing. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that's said and hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with Christian love. I commend you in the name of the Lord to read this, sorry, I command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. I like verse 27 of chapter 5 there. Command you in the name of the Lord to read this letter to all the brothers and sisters. And um, today we fulfill that command. Praise God. So I don't know as we, as we read through there, as you listened through, whether there were thoughts that came concerning that, how we can stay in movement, in momentum. Anybody have any thoughts? Or were you too busy listening? This isn't good. Okay, well, I have to tell you mine then. Number one. Oh, Diana, Yes. Shout it out, Diana. More than one. Excellent. Overflowing love for people. Yep. Encouraging and building each other up. Amen. Give thanks in all circumstances. There's loads in here. Loads in here. Let let me share some things that I I just feel are good for us to be reminded of this morning. And I'm just going to go through and pick, pick a handful of verses out. The first is chapter 1, verse 1. He writes to you who belong to God the Father. And he goes on elsewhere to say you don't belong to the night, you belong to Christ. Number one thing for us, let's remember this summer who we belong to. Let's be those with a great sense of security, knowing who we belong to and who we belong to. The family, the household. Leslie, where are you sitting, Leslie? It's great to welcome every member into this church and to know we belong. 
Number one, let's know who we belong to, know where we belong. And then, as Diana rightly says, he's, he instructs them several times, pray for each other. What a simple instruction for us. But how about this summer? We have a list of names and we pray for each other, wherever we are. Prayer keeps us together even when we're physically separate. So can I really encourage you, uh, let's pray for each other this summer. Let's remember each other in prayer. Pray for people by name. At one point he says, we're praying for you night and day. If you wake in the night, have nothing better to do, pray for me. I'd really appreciate that. And I'll do the same for you. Let's pray for one another. In chapter 1, verse 8, he talks about how the word of the Lord, I'm not sure how the other translations put it, sound out, but in, in the New Living, it says, the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. It's a lovely picture. The word is ringing out. The word is ringing out. Let's make this a summer, folks, where the word of the Lord, the good news, is ringing out from us. That we're bold and confident and, and secure in the goodness of our good news. And the, and the good news rings out from us. We had a, a, a great afternoon yesterday with them. Um, Steve and Esther Shekel, who are uh, in the Harbour Congregation, they used to be in Cardiff, and they've moved up to Desborough. And um, they, they had a, a barbecue at their house yesterday afternoon, and they had church friends and neighbours around. And in the midst of it all, Richard um, and I prayed for their little girl, and they dedicated her to the Lord. With their, with their neighbours present. It was fantastic. So simple. It's, it's, you know, what we have is great news. Great news, well presented, need never be offensive to anybody. And then um, he makes this statement uh, up in chapter 2, verse 4. He says, our purpose is to please God, not people. Elsewhere he says, um, um, live lives worthy live holy lives, stay away from evil. But uh, you know what? It'd be good this summer to purpose to please God, not people. Make it your purpose. I'll make it my purpose this summer that any situation I find myself, my purpose is to please God, not people. I, I, I live with an awareness that, that God set me apart, that I, I, I have to live by a different standard, I'm not destined to go with the crowd. I have to avoid all temptation and be wise in where I go and where my eyes rest this summer. Let's purpose to please the Lord. Chapter 2, verse 13. He talks about this word. They received the word and they, uh, they received it not as... Not as human ideas, but as the word of God. And then, then in the New Living, he says, and this word continues to work in you. I love the idea that the word comes and uh, it has a life beyond the moment. The word itself has momentum. It's not just a moment. And the word implanted in me continues to work long after I heard it or read it because the word is living and active. Let's this summer make sure the word is continuing to work in us. 
Uh, and that means not only um, recalling uh, the Word, but reading the Word, reading the Word in our devotions, maybe listening to podcasts, maybe um, listening on, 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 a, on a CD in the car. I nearly said a cassette tape there. Anybody remember cassette tapes? Getting your pencil in and tightening them up. and yeah. Thank God for CDs or whatever, whatever it is the young people listen to these days. But the, if the word's going to work in us, it, it has to be in us. Let's feed ourselves with the word this summer. That will help us maintain and maximize our momentum. I love the fact then that he, um, he talks about his longing to see them. We, we really wanted to see. We had this intense longing to see you going. We really wanted to come and see you. Wouldn't that be a great expression across the body? I can't wait to see you. I, I, love, I love that first weekend back in September, don't you? When, when we're together again. But you know, this summer, how about some impromptu visiting or inviting? And not just with the familiar group that you normally meet with. How about, how about something that takes somebody by surprise that, you know what, I just, I just really wanted to see you. Ask the Spirit of God to lead you. I, Ted and Esther Kent... They did have a little bit more time on their hands than some of us. But, you know, they used to start their day um, sitting in bed together and asking the Holy Spirit who they should visit that day. I mean, it sounds luxurious, doesn't it, just, just to be able to do that. But, but, you know, whatever our lifestyle and demands on us, we can, still le- we can still live that way. Lord, who do you want me to call today? Who could I send an encouraging text message to today? Who can I just pick up the phone and have 10 minutes on the phone that would make all the difference in the world to somebody today? Let's be those who intentionally spend time together this summer outside of what's organized and structured. Okay? Does that sound good? You sure? Okay. And then, um, as Diana said, thank you for taking notes, Diana. You um, suddenly restored my faith in the whole congregation then. He says, uh, we sent Timothy to you, chapter 3, verse 2. We sent him to strengthen and encourage you. Nobody ever died from too much encouragement. And again, let's add this to seeing one another, making plans, calling, being in touch to intentionally strengthen and encourage each other. Is there anybody in the room who, who wouldn't benefit from some encouragement this summer? Of course there isn't. We all are blessed by encouragement. Let's be those who, who, who share scriptures with each other. Having prayed for one another, we've got something to say to one another. Let's be those who strengthen and encourage. Just a couple more to go. Um, chapter 5, verse 6. He's now talking about the day of the Lord being like a thief. He's saying, you know, this shouldn't um, be, a, be a problem to us. It shouldn't take us by surprise because we're people that live in the night. What he's really saying is we should be ready all the time. I remember a great interview with, I think it was Terry Wogan interviewing Billy Graham in the days of cassette tapes. And um, he said to Billy Graham, um, if you, he was talking to him about the return of Jesus. He said, do you, do you believe Jesus is, is coming back? Of course I do, Billy Graham said. And um, do you believe he could come at any time? And 
you know, we know there's some things have to be fulfilled, but, but essentially, I think Billy Graham said, I, 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 I live as if he could come at any time. And, and Terry Wogan said to him, if you, knew he was, if you knew he was coming back tomorrow, what would you do today? And Billy Graham got his diary out, and he, and he just went through the things he had planned for the day. His point being, you know, I'm not living my life in a way that if I knew it was tomorrow, I'd have, I'd have to rapidly sort a lot of things out, patch up some relationships, deal with some issues. He was living his life so that he was ready at any time. That, that will maximize momentum, wouldn't it? You know, there's, there's no outstanding issues. There's no conversations that I really must have. There's no... There's no um, relationships that need resolving. Let's be those who live ready all the time. Not just ready for his return, but live ready all the time. Preach the word in season and out of season. Make the most of every opportunity. Great opportunities for us this summer. Um, a couple more. I'll take these in, um, in, in a slightly different order. Uh, the last one, uh, the last but one one, I love this phrase. Again, I don't, what does it say in the New International, the ESV, on verse 14, after encouraging those who are timid? In the New Living, it says, take tender care of those who are weak. What, what do you have there? Somebody let me know what you have. End of chapter, of verse 14, 514. Help, help the weak. I much prefer this, don't you? Take tender care of those who are weak. You know, in the body, we're all at different places. Some are new Christians. Some, like a Janet and a Claire, are going through the toughest situation imaginable. We're not all at the same levels of strength. That's the reality. And let's make it our aim to take tender care of any we know to be weak. Don't forget them over the summer. Don't let out of sight be out of mind and prayer and, and action. Take tender care of those who are weak. And, um, and finally then, just above that, in, in verse 12, it says, honor those who are your leaders. But could I just extend that and say, honor everyone. The honoring of one another the speaking well of one another. I, I, am, I am tragically amazed at how a church which decides it will speak well of everyone will stand out. Let's be those who speak well of all our own people, and of every believer, and generally speak well of people. Honor. Honor is a great atmosphere for the miraculous hand of God amongst us. Let's be those who do indeed um, contribute to a culture amongst us of honoring one another. Amen. So there you go. Ten tips for totally fantastic summer.
Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.